Welcome back right here on The Word with G. 28 past the hour of 12 o'clock. Again, we're rocking and rolling with you until 2. Greg Leonard here. You there. Happy to have you along on this Feel Good Friday edition of the program. February 19th, 2021. As I'm sure you're well aware, this is the shortest month of the year with only 28 days. So we're almost done with February. And then you know what time it is. Basketball fans, anybody? Bueller? Bueller? March? Madness time. Cannot wait. Hopefully, knock on wood, that we'll actually get a chance to see finished conference tournaments this year and March Madness. That would certainly be a blessing. And it's a blessing to talk to our next guest joining us on the phone line, a man who lives out in Indianapolis. He is the lead voice for the Stampede Blue publication. Contributor with Cover One, co-host of Believe in Colts. He's also a terrific husband, I hear, or at least that's what his Twitter bio says. Joining us now, Zach Hicks. What's up, Zach? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, that great intro there. Definitely one of the better ones I've got. <laughs> hey, well, that's that's what we try to do here. We pump up our guests. We make them feel good. So they they give us the good stuff, the good information as we uh, as we we continue to talk. So, I'm glad to have you, man. We haven't talked in a while. I know you used to come on my old show whenever Colts news would pop up, so I'm happy to have you along here on the news show. First and foremost, the news breaks around this time yesterday. What was your initial reaction to the Colts giving up what they gave up to get a as you mentioned off the air, a youngish Carson Wentz? <laughs> you know, I I think my initial reaction was like it was kind of coming, you know, like the last couple of days we saw the shift, you know, if anyone who listens is a big, uh, you know, Vegas type, you know, better type or whatever like that, like I think the odds swung like the day before the trade to like uh, huge, huge in favor of the Colts landing went like no other team was even close. So I feel like we all kind of saw it coming in the, in the days leading up to it. But uh, yeah, it, I think, I think it, when you take into a, into account that, there weren't really other teams bidding. I do think the Colts gave up a tad bit too much in, in a sense where like that, that, that second round can escalate to a first rounder a little easy. That's easier than I hoped. But besides that, you know, if, if he ends up getting this team to the playoffs and he becomes their starting quarterback for years, what's that one first round pick and a third round pick. So I don't think it's a bad trade whatsoever. I'm excited for Carson Wentz in terms of, you know, getting a guy who is mobile, who has a big arm and get the ball down the field. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of uh, skepticism and optimism kind of mixed together in Indy right now. But, you know, we're out of the quarterback carousel, so we can't complain too much. Zach, 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 Zach. Let me put it to you like this, and maybe you'll feel a little bit better. And I'm sure you've thought about this, and I'm sure people have said this to you. But just comparatively, I know you, you thought that maybe giving up a lot for Carson Wentz, but you could have been the you could have been the Rams and given up two first-round picks, solidified <laughs> first-round picks, and a third. So, like, let, let's look at it that way. And I was all over this trade yesterday, and I absolutely love it for you guys. I think this this catapults the Colts into an immediate Super Bowl contender with the team that you guys have currently constructed right now. Yeah, no, I think it certainly can. And, and you know, last year was, was really bad for Carson Wentz, and, and there was a lot of things that went wrong. But the one thing I've been saying, and, and I guess the optimistic part of me is saying, if anyone can fix them, it's what the Colts have right now. You know, they, they have Frank Reich, yes. who every single every single quarterback who's come to Frank Reich here in Indy has had the best year of their career. I mean, 
Andrew Luck in 2018 was the best year of his of his NFL career, or one of the best years. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked like a guy who could actually start in the NFL, even though he's probably not that in 2019. And then Phillip Rivers last year comes back uh, from a horrible 2019, comes into 2020, has a great year with the Colts, and gets into the playoffs. So, it, you know, the, the most optimism I have in me is, you know, if anyone can fix him and bring him back to not even 2017 levels, even just the 2018 levels that he was playing at, it's going to be Frank Reich and this Colts uh, coaching staff. So, yeah, if they can get him on track, and, and like I said, just the even 2018 levels of his play, uh, the Colts are definitely a scary team to face in the AFC. Zach Hicks, again, our guest here from Stampede Blue, talking about the Carson Wentz deal. On the other side of things, we, we got to hear from a Philly guy yesterday, so now we're hearing from a Colts guy today talking about this Carson Wentz deal. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard that there are also a couple other coaches that were on that Philly coaching staff in 2017 with Frank Reich that you know were, were a major piece in Carson Wentz having as good of a year that he had in that season they're now with Philly. I believe it's, is it the offensive coordinator? Is it the quarterback's coach? I think there were a couple of coaches that, that are on your coaching staff, correct? Yeah, yeah. So Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in 2017. Mm-hmm. Now he's the head coach in Indy. Uh, Press Taylor, I believe, was the quarterback coach. Or no, not the quarterback coach. He was like an offensive assistant uh, for that 2017. But he was he was on staff and he actually rose up the last couple of years and, and was Wentz's quarterback coach, I believe, in, in 2018. Uh, and I think in 2019 and 2020, or at least 2020, he was offense coordinator. Uh, and then the the Colts wide receiver coach, Mike Grow, was the Eagles uh, wide receiver coach in 2017, 2018. And I think he had some kind of role. I think he was offense coordinator in 2019. So just a lot of guys with with big roles in that Eagles offense are here in Indy. So that, that's the one thing, too, that, that also gives me some optimism. It, you know, we, we've seen all these reports recently about Wentz and his character and mental issues these last year with, with the Eagles. But, you know, the Colts have Frank Reich, uh, Mike Rowe, Press Taylor, all guys who have been around him these last couple of years. And the Colts aren't making this trade unless all three of them give their, their sign of approval. So there has to be something there that, that, you know, maybe the media reports were a little off about what was going on with Wentz last year in terms of, you know, the, the, I guess the issues in the locker room issues with the coaches because if all three of those guys are given their their sign of approval then then they have to see something in them. Hey, no doubt about that. And I I really you know going back to what you were talking about where trying to get to a 2018 version of Carson Wentz. I, shoot, I, I liked the 2019 version of Carson Wentz. I know his numbers weren't spectacular, but he didn't. I mean, if you look at context wise, there. He had a young tight end in Dallas Goddard. He still had his his regular tight end that he's been throwing to Zach Ertz. But then you look at his wide receiver, wide receiving corp, and it was decimated with injuries. I think Greg Ward was their leading receiver, and he barely had over 400, 500 yards. So he's he's able to do a lot with a little. Last year, the offensive line was just absolutely atrocious, and he couldn't do anything. And when you know this, when when you're a quarterback and you have no time to throw the football. And you're not like a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson who can run away from from people when the offensive line is continually letting them through, like Swiss cheese. Then you're going to you're going to be the the leading sack you know quarter sack quarterback in the league. I think he had over 50 within 12 games that he played last year, and he got benched and still led the league in sacks. Now that is a strength for the Indianapolis Colts with their offensive line. Talk to me a little bit about what they have offensive line there, why it's so good, and I see here that. 
All-time great Kevin Mawai is actually an assistant offensive line quote coach, which makes me like your offensive line even much, even that much more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a damn good group, man. Uh, even with Anthony Costanzo retiring this past off or this off season here, uh, which is, is a bit of a bummer. He's been a mainstay for for ten years in in Indy. Uh, really good left tackle, but I think people are kind of looking at that left tackle hole as probably bigger than what it really is. Because if you think about it, whoever you're going to plug in there, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a a Trent Williams or, or anything like that. You don't have to put that kind of guy there. You can put uh, just a solid veteran free agent there or even like a young rookie because they're going to be playing next to Quentin Nelson. And Quentin Nelson's probably the best guard in all of football right now, uh, arguably the best overall lineman. He's had a great three-year run, uh, first-team All-Pro all three years. Uh, but even next to him, you got Ryan Kelly, who's, who's a Pro Bowl guard. you got Braden Smith at right tackle, who – uh, this past year only allowed uh, one quarterback hit and zero sacks on the whole season. And then uh, Mark Lewinsky is a very solid starter as well. So no matter what they do at left tackle spot, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, it just can't be someone who's absolutely atrocious, and, the, and that offensive line will be really good. But, uh, you know, in, in regards to sacks, I, I, I do think Carson Wentz deserves some of the blame for what was going on last year with, with the sacks. You know, sacks aren't just an offensive line stat. They're also a quarterback stat. But mm-hmm. Like you said, the the, in, the injuries on that line were rough. I mean, they were starting guys who were undrafted. Uh, they, it wasn't as bad as the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but it was pretty bad. So, yeah, I, I think the, the Colts offensive line is just a greater fit for them. And we, we saw Phillip Rivers, even though Rivers definitely helped with those numbers, got the Colts down to, I think, the second lowest sack number in football last year when he was coming off a year with the Chargers the year before where it was like in the 40s and he was among the, the most sacked players. Zach Hicks, again, our guest here on The Word with G, chopping it up about the Indianapolis Colts in the Carson Wentz deal. Now, you mentioned you were kind of cautiously optimistic about Carson Wentz. Is that the same way that over the last 24 hours that you've seen or heard from other Colts fans and and Colts Nation out there in Indy or just all over the world, how they feel about Carson Wentz? Or are they more, more cautiously optimistic or are people pretty pumped up about Carson? Uh, I think there's two sets of people with this. I think you have the people who think he's broken, uh, which, you know, honestly, if you look at just last year and, and you even look at how he finished some of 2019 as well, I think you have a good argument for that. You know, he's gone down every single year in, in DVOA rankings and, and uh, pretty much every statistical ranking you can have. He's gone. He's kind of regressed. But there are a lot of situations, obviously, in Philly where that kind of led to that, along with, you know, his own undoing. But you have people who think – he's broken. And then you have people who think he's going to automatically return to the 2017 form just because Frank Reich is here. And, and, you know, like most things in this world, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, I'm hoping it's somewhere, you know, in the middle, but also leaning towards the great side. Uh, But yeah, it it just depends who you talk to in India. If, uh, if they love this trade or hate it, Uh, there's, there's not really much of a middle ground right now. All right, what is, in terms of Carson Wentz, in your estimation, though, after you've gotten an opportunity to kind of digest this over the last 24 hours, and what you know about Carson Wentz, what do you think the biggest aspect, asset is that he brings to the table for this, this Indianapolis team, the way it's currently constructed? I know there are going to be some changes. There's a bunch of guys who are free agents and stuff like that. But what is the greatest asset that you believe that Carson Wentz brings to the table when it comes to the Colts? It has to be his mobility and his ability to operate that RPO game. Uh, the, the Colts under, uh, in 2018 with Andrew Luck at quarterback, they love their RPO concepts. They love doing a lot of 
uh, action with the quarterback, getting the quarterback on the roll, getting play action, uh, moving the pocket. Uh, that was a big thing for Frank Reich, and he he obviously likes mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and then with the sudden retirement of of Andrew Luck, and we had Jacoby Brissett, who you know he he can make some things happen, but he's not what you would call mobile whatsoever. And then we go to Phil Rivers, who never in his career was really called mobile. Maybe back in NC State, he was mobile. <laughs> so. You, you know, I, I think what you get with Wentz is you can kind of get that return to that very, very efficient and effective offense that the Colts had in 2018. And one big thing about that, too, is is uh, in 2018, the Colts, I think, were second in the NFL in red zone percentage. I think Andrew Luck had the most passing touchdowns in football in the red zone with like 35. Uh, and then the next two years with Brissett and Rivers, they were kind of near the bottom of the league. So I think when you can get more of a mobile quarterback back there, you can get some of the RPO things and and moving the pocket with someone like Wentz, and you could even make his life easier by doing that. Uh, you could see, you know, the red zone percentage and and just the overall flow of the offense kind of move a little bit better in the way that Reich wants it to be. Zach Hicks again, our guest, talking Colts football and Carson Wentz trade and things like that. Now, when it comes to the skill position players that you have, talk to me about some of the guys that you think are going to be big time assets for the addition of Carson Wentz. I know that T. Y. Hilton is is a free agent this year. First and foremost, I guess we'll start with him. Do you think they bring him back? Yes or no, and why? And talk to me about some of the other young playmakers that you think could be a big-time asset to a guy like Carson Wentz. Yeah, so starting with T.Y., I think it's kind of 50-50 right now. I, I think both sides would like a reunion, but it's going to just come down to money. You know, if, if Hilton gets offered a big contract from another team and the Colts don't want to go that high for him, then he could definitely leave. So, I'd probably stay with 50-50 on that right now, and that's def- definitely something to monitor. But uh, with the other guys, I mean, I-, I think the two, or I guess kind of three biggest players who benefit from this is, you know, one is Michael Pittman Jr., a uh, big-bodied receiver who can run some pretty solid routes for a big for a bigger guy, great with his run-after catch. And I think he is due for kind of more of a complete role in this offense, where last year it was a lot of crossers and a lot of slants. I think he can do a lot more in this offense. And, and we've seen with Wentz in the past, he likes those big body receivers. He, you know, Alshon Jeffrey was a receiver that he really meshed well with. So I think this is a big for him. And then kind of just a tight end group in, in general, you know, Mo Ali Cox, uh, Jack Doyle, uh, whoever they bring in to be a tight end with them. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of concepts going those guys way and, and they can make some things happen. So uh, I would definitely say keep an eye on Mo Ali Cox and, and Michael Pittman this next season. Yeah, and they also have some other guys that, that, that I thought you might mention, and, and the guys like Paris Campbell and, and Zach mm-hmm. Paschal. I know Paris Campbell is going to be coming back from injury. Hopefully he'll come back healthy. Uh, do you think there's any chance that they re-sign uh, Trey Burton? Because I know he was there with them in Philly, and you know, they might be familiar with each other. Yeah, I, I think that could be a decent fallback for them. Uh, I, I think they're going to aim for you know maybe a Zach Ertz gets released by the Eagles, which apparently he's going to request his release in March if he's not oh, traded wow. by then. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was something that was broken the other day. So um, he, he might get released if he's not traded, and I could definitely see the Colts signing him. Uh, or Hunter Henry is a free agent. I could see them going that route. Uh, so I think they're going to aim a little higher, and then if not, they can probably circle back to Burton, who had a, a pretty solid year for the Colts, given um, you know he was kind of competing for time with two other tight ends. All right, I have two more for you. Again, we're hanging with Zach Hicks talking Colts uh, football here on, on the fallout of the Carson Wentz deal. I want to go to the defense first and foremost now. I know there's a bunch of guys that, that are up for free agent deals and Danico Autry and Justin Houston and Anthony Walker and Malik Hooker and, and Xavier Rhodes and 
TJ Carey. But not a lot of people know about this defense in terms of they don't have a, a, a ton of big names. I know DeForest uh, Buckner is a big name, and, and Darius Leonard is kind of becoming that guy. But what in 2020 made this defense as good as it was, and what do you think they need to do to be a little bit better even in 2021? Yeah, so the the number one thing that made this defense jump from, you know, with, with Matt Eberflus, in 2018 and 2019, they were mostly a good defense. You know, they were top 15 each year, uh, and, and they were doing that with very little pass rush at all. Uh, but the one thing that really made it uh, as good a defense as it was in that top 10 group and, and you know, in some things top five group was the addition of DeForest Buckner. And I don't think it's talked about enough just how good he is. I, I He's not Aaron Donald level, but he's in that next tier right below Aaron Donald in terms of interior pass rushers. So, He's the one who really elevated this defense. Uh, and then, you know, the one thing you really need to add to, to make it even better is, is having an edge presence with him. Uh, last year, Justin Houston, Nico Autry put up some good numbers, but overall they didn't get much pressure consistently or really forced players to step up into where Buckner was or, or vice versa. So I think getting a player in this uh, very, very loaded free agent class when it comes to pass rushers, you know, Romeo Aquara is going to be out there. Carl Lawson, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, just it's a, it's going to be a great group out there. I think Ballard needs to come away with one of these really good pass rushers and free agency to really complete this defense. Yeah, I got to tell you, Zach, I really like this Colts team. I liked them a lot last year when they battled hard against my Packers and beat them in overtime. I, I really like the uh, I like the resolve that this team has. I think they're very underrated defensively, and you get a quarter. And look, I, I was actually. I was actually surprised the way that Philip Rivers played in that game. I thought he had a pretty darn good year there in uh, in in, uh, in Indy, and uh, sad to see his his career uh, you know be over. But I think they're going. You guys are going to get a step up here with a guy in Carson Wentz, who, as you mentioned, younger, more mobile, uh, a strong offensive line in front of him, some good solid weapons. You add to that roster just a little bit in free agency, and I and I know that you know the salary cap has gone down just a little bit, but hoping that the the the, the powers that be there can can put Carson Wentz in the best possible position to be successful. And if, if I guess here's my last one for you, that if this doesn't work with Carson Wentz, is it safe to say that his career is pretty much over because this seems like the absolute perfect place for Carson Wentz? Yeah, yeah, no no doubt. If, if you know, if he's adequate, you know, if he's a top 15 guy, it would ultimately be a failure of a trade for the Colts because you're not trading a first and a third for an adequate guy. Uh so he kind of does need to be a top 10 guy uh, going forward with this Colts team for, to, to work for both of them. So, yeah, this is probably the last stop for him. Uh, cause, you know, he's 28 years old, uh, flamed out in the first place that he was, and now he's on to his second place with his old offense coordinator who helped him get to, you know, the level that he got to early in his career. So, yeah, I think, I think it's probably the last stop for him in terms of being like someone who's going to get the benefit of doubt and get – and get those starts. Uh, but I also think it's, it's, it's a pretty big risk on the part of Frank Reich as well. Cause like I said earlier, I, the Colts aren't making this trade without the sign off of Frank Reich and those other coaches. Uh, so if this completely blows up in your face, I mean, Frank Reich, I'm not going to say he's like the scapegoat, but he's someone that you can really look at and be like, okay, this is the guy that you basically said that you could fix and you didn't. So yeah, it, it, it's uh pretty risky on both sides, but, you know that's what that's what football is. No risk it, no biscuit. So you gotta you gotta you know take these shots sometimes, and and hopefully it works out for the best because Carson Wentz is super super talented quarterback. Uh, I think that 
Frank Reich can get the best out of him, and, and just hopefully that gets the Colts over the top. Hey, for whatever it's worth, Zach, and I know this is probably not going to be very uh, comforting to you, but for my own two cents that I think this is going to work out very, very well. I'm very optimistic <laughs> about Carson Wentz. I like him a lot as a player and as a quarterback. And again, I just feel like this is the perfect fit for him. And he, he he's going to have no no choice but to succeed there. It's Everything is set up for him to succeed. They bring in a couple of pieces. I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I think you guys got an absolute steal from Philly. And I think with all the weapons that you guys have there, again, the, the good offensive line, the solid defense, I think Carson Wentz is going to thrive. As long as he's healthy, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be just fine. Zach Hicks, again, has been our guest, the lead voice for Stampede Blue, contributor with the Cover One and co-host of the Believe in Colts podcast and the Believe Podcasting Network. Uh, anything that you're working on you want to make uh, people privy to there, uh, Mr. Hicks? <laughs> well, if you guys are interested at all, I know none of you guys are, are big Colts guys, but I actually did some journalist work this past week. Uh, you know, for the past month or so, I was I was calling around about this uh, this the Colts defensive back coach uh, James Rowe, who they just hired from the college ranks. Uh, he was the Appalachian State defensive uh, backs coach, and uh, yeah, I found a lot of really good quotes from from players and and from even Kenny Moore. I got to talk to me about it, which is really cool. So uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, I actually did some real journalist work. Uh, I would say <laughs> definitely check that over on Stampede Blue, but. Uh, with cover one and everything and, and the draft coming up, uh, we're doing a ton of prospect interviews. Uh, I've, I've, we just did a live stream with uh, some Coastal Carolina backs. Uh, we've talked to a couple guys across the, across all realms of college football. So uh, check out the Cover One YouTube channel. We're, we're posting those pretty much every day. Love it, man. Great stuff. Keep up the hard work, the good work, and uh, can't wait to continue to, to follow you and, and check out all that good stuff that you're doing. And I know Titan fans probably don't love hearing about the Colts and, and, and aren't you know probably very happy about this move, but hey, it'll it'll make for some fun fodder back and forth between the Titans and the Colts fans. Zach, I can't thank you enough. I know we kept you a little bit longer than we thought we would, but I always appreciate you coming on and uh, dropping the knowledge, my man. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Anytime. There he is. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of the day, good rest of the weekend. Again, follow him up on Twitter, at Zach with an H Hicks 2. At Zach Hicks 2.